Aloha. I am June Jones of the Houston Roughnecks, and this is the XFL Show. Welcome, football fans. This is supposed to be week six of the 2020 XFL season. This is for the love of football, and this is the XFL show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. Unfortunately, similar to the NBA, the NHL, the MLB, the MLS, the regular season of the XFL has stopped. However, as stated by the league, This is by no means the end. This is only the beginning, and this is episode 121. We're just getting started, Bryant. We're just getting started, even though we've got a pandemic going on, a very serious situation on a global scale, and it's affecting all professional sports, everyone's lives. But the thing is, the XFL has a lot of people excited for its return, whenever that eventually is. And you saw that because when the league made this announcement, the outpouring and ups, the upset, I mean, it was heartbreaking to read Twitter, all the upset football fans. And we're going to have some fun here because I saw that on Twitter, Bryant. And I said, man, we've got to really inject some life and some fun and some hope into this episode 121 here. So that's what we're about to do. Yeah. I think there's no avoiding it, right? It's almost like the end of the Houston Roughnecks Seattle Dragons game. You can't avoid talking about it. You have to talk about it, but we're going to try to give you the positives and what we can find uh, out of this uh, situation. Cause I'm serious. I mean, this, this pandemic has been happening for a good part of a couple weeks now, at least all over the world. It hasn't really hit the sports world so much here in the U S uh, as it has in the last 24 hours. I mean, in the last 24 hours, this thing has literally turned, uh, and made a 180. Uh, and so now, like a ton XFL of bricks. Affected, yeah. It's yeah, affecting the everything. XFL affected it uh, just like everyone else. Um, but we're going to, we're going to talk about it. We're not going to not address it, but we're also going to have a little fun here uh, and try to talk some football. Uh, and that's what we try to do here on the XFL show. Yes. So that, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to talk some football here. I know that, you know, we have everyone's focused in on what's going on, you know, in the world. And of course, it's affecting the league. The league is stopping the regular season right now. They put out a statement. We'll go through the statement. We'll talk about all that. But we're also we, it's halfway through the season. So we do have some some fun to have too, and talk about this league and what was going on in the first five weeks. As we were planning on talking a lot of week six, we had some awesome interviews lined up that I mean, we, maybe one day the archives will be open, Brian, people will get to hear our amazing interviews. Mine with linebacker Ben Heaney of the Guardians and yours with wide receiver Jordan Smallwood of the LA Wildcats but those uh those guys aren't going to get to play this they're not going to get to play this weekend so you know that's uh they're going to have <laughs> to quick, save Alan, everybody on YouTube in the vault. that's watching everybody that's watching on YouTube Alan and I did not plan the simultaneous pose oh, the, that we just did yeah. right now yes <laughs> as we said Jordan Smallwood yeah. that'd be the new thing when we mentioned his name on this show yep and and now I got my new camera angle, so I could get a better Orton Smallwood yeah, pose in with the new camera. What's going angle. on over there, by the way? You got a lot going on, man. Where? What? This is this it's is everywhere. A professional broadcasting studio. You have a kid That's... that you haven't told me about? I mean, you're, I know I have a kid now. I mean, she's five weeks old. 
What this Dude, is? This is a, lot this of, like, a grown, Godzilla. A, 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 this is a grown man. Don't tell me this is a grown man. It's a grown man. Sorry, everyone. Studio to it on the podcast, but oh man, that's why you got to watch. It's the okay. YouTube if I, if I pan my camera over here, Alan, you would see a pack and play, a couple of pack, uh, baby backpacks, and a. Yeah, I don't even know what that is, but the baby uses it all the time. Oh, I know, I know that you know you gotta you you gotta allocate space there, but this I'm trying to give people something cool to look at, some some fun. Let's have some fun here. Uh, let let's let's get into it though. Let's start talking about the XFL statement, and you saw it on Twitter or the XFL.com or wherever you saw it. You by no now listening to the episode, the XFL ceased the regular season. And it exactly, word for word, said this, quote, currently the XFL will not be playing its regular season games. However, all players will be paid their base pay and benefits for the 2020 regular season. Important to note for something we're going to talk about in a second, too. All XFL ticket holders will be issued refunds or credit towards future games. The XFL is committed to playing a full season in 2021 and future years. And Bryant, you and I, I mean, besides that, uh, besides, you know, that message from the league to fans, we've heard that also just from people in the league that everyone is so excited for 2021 in the XFL who's working at the XFL. And, you know, this thing is not ending. This is all about making just a really responsible decision as a, as a league. The only decision, the Honestly, only, it's decision. The only decision. Yeah. You can't hold the league accountable for, you know, People would hold the league more accountable if they decided to play than by seizing operations yeah. at this moment. Yeah, there's and, no and decision. It had to be done. You know, we were all sitting on pins and needles all day waiting for this statement to happen. And I think in the reality of it all, we knew it was going to happen. After what we were seeing last night, what happened, and I'm talking about last night, Wednesday night, with the NBA, the NCAA, and then this morning again with the NCAA, the NHL, it, it was inevitable. But the statement that comes out gives you hope. It gives you promise. And you know what? Us as real XFL fans, we're used to this, right? We're used to waiting for a football season to start. So yeah. This is just all over again. Well, you're you're back in you're back in your zone now because yeah. now you get to I'm talk back in about my professional state. So I can't wait till next week when we you, start talking about a season that hasn't started yet. Bryant loves talking about football leagues that aren't actually playing football. It's he's much more comfortable. Whereas I was enjoying all five weeks, um, but I also as fans, it's great because you know the the decision by the league also to credit for future games or issue refunds because there are a lot of season ticket holders. I mean, we're talking about St. Louis was looking forward to having forty forty five thousand people in their next home game at the Battle Dome, and unfortunately, that amazing uh, facility will not be able to do that f- uh, for this season, but. The fact is fans can get refunded and look forward to 2021. And also for the players, and th- this is you know something that you really wonder about because these guys were going out there putting their, their stuff on tape, trying to get shots at the NFL, trying to you know just make a living. And uh, the fact is the XFL, I think, treated this real responsibly in that regard too because, you know, paying their base pay for the season and, you know, not skipping out, not cutting them off just because this is – this un- unforeseen, impossible to predict circumstance occurs, um, and, and and it's you know the, I think the players are you know getting compensated correctly at least that's how it should be handled and also the fact that the XFL according to Tom Pelissero of the NFL NFL.com uh, the XFL is advising players that they can sign immediately with teams in the NFL before remember Bryant had to wait till the end of the season till your contract was up for the season to try to move on to the NFL. But, you know, guys like P.J. Walker can sign with an NFL team once the NFL starts signing free agents. So that that's good news for the players as well. Yeah, I think 
the way the XFL is handling with the players, and we've seen as recently as last year with another spring league, how they handled it with their players when they had to seize operations. I think it's a little different because the XFL is not seizing operations. They're just suspending the season. Um, but giving the players, you know, basically come, basically following, how do I want to say this? They're, they're going through with their contracts, right? That's what the XFL, they signed up for these. They're going to give the players honoring them. Uh, honoring them. Thank you. That's the word I was probably looking for. And, and, and the XFL is handling that well. And then allowing players to go and sign as long as they pass, I believe there are exit physicals. Um, you know, the XFL is, is doing the best that they can with what situation they're handed to them. You know, we, I always joke on this and I say that anything can happen in the XFL. Well, I didn't think this was going to happen, but anything can happen in the way the XFL is handling it, at least at the moment is, is better than, you know, cause the NBA, no one's going to question if the NBA comes back later this fall for a new season, right? No one's going to question the NHL. No one's going to question MLB. With the XFL, there is that question mark. If they cancel, are they going to come back? Are they? If they cancel, are they going to? What are they going to do? You know, where's the money? Because this is a brand new league. The XFL is trying their best, trying to give hope to players who are signed now, players to hope, uh, players hope that uh, are going to be signing next year, and fans as well. Fans have hope. I wanted to see that Battle Dome rocking with fifty thousand people. I wanted to see it. Yeah, I'm an LA guy, and I wanted to see that. You're not going to get to see it. Maybe next year. I wanted to see but that. That hope. I wanted to see that that crazy Vipers come back in the second half of the season where they yeah. slither into the championship game as i predicted <laughs> which i don't know <laughs> i was hoping that would happen but uh no this this is uh how you have to handle this as like you said as a new league as just a responsible business to i mean that should all the right decisions were made here unfortunately as football fans they it sucks for football fans it sucks for the football players who want to go out there but that's the reality of the situation so uh, i don't fault anybody I, I mean this is just we have to accept it and deal with it now and we're gonna get to how we're gonna deal with no football now we were oh five weeks i was used to football in the spring and now we're gonna maybe guide people and make them I well, don't get know, used give, to it. give them some Alan, tips get used to football in the spring because it's coming back it's not yeah, going anywhere it you is a I mean? baby 2021 i can't wait and the craziness on twitter it was just i, I just it it made me feel like i wasn't just talking out of you know, bias because I love the brand of the XFL, but I also love the football. But and I've been down since day one. The fact is, you saw on Twitter a lot of people saying, "Oh no, I was falling in love with this league. This is horrible." I even saw people say, "Like, yeah, MLB, whatever, March Madness, whatever." XFL going away is just devastating to a lot of people. So that, that I mean, it stinks that this happened. But the fact you saw that kind of outcry and reaction just shows you that the league was resonating with people it was entertaining people and actually we had a great fan call bryant uh, a lot of our fan line calls uh you know they were good but a lot of them were asking us like what do you think will happen with the league um that's already happened so we don't need to play any of those but we appreciate everyone calling the xfl fan line and you could call anytime 724-565-4xfl but i think we had a phone call on there that really summed up a, what a lot of people i think found super exciting about the xfl a glowing i think stamp of approval from a football fan for the league and uh, if anything is gonna keep your hope alive and make you excited for when this thing gets back on the field i think this call might help it it's gonna be one of those things that really says yeah that all of that stuff was really good and i can't wait for more of it so let's take it to the xfl fan line patrick from las vegas i think hit the nail on the head Hey, this is Patrick from Las Vegas. Big Battle Hawks fan out here. Go, go! 
All right. I just wanted to throw a shout out and talk about how much I love the XFL broadcast. It's brought something into my life to fill this void in the time of year of football, and it is such a wonderful product. I just want to appreciate and show my appreciation for how great the broadcast is, especially the audio production. When you listen to these games, when you watch these games, it sounds like the players are in the Coliseum with seas of roaring fans excited at every play. Beyond that, the, the interviews are wonderful. Every time a guy gets interviewed, he talks about the people he loves, the people that got him there, the hard work, the dedication it takes to be a professional football player. It's wonderful. How about when they take you inside the locker room, when they draw up plays? These are things we never get out of an NFL broadcast that makes the broadcast of the XFL so much, so superior in comparison. And last but not least, can we just – the shortest halftime in sports is the most wonderful halftime in sports. Love the show. Keep up the work. Go Hawks. He had like five different things there, Brian, and I, I agree with all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Small, uh, shortest halftime in sports. Uh, you realize how much you can get done in 10 minutes that you were getting done in 15 minutes before. You really don't need 15. Ten's good. It's great. No, but and, it, then, it, and then it, the it, audio. It's, it's echoing. Uh, <laughs> talking about the. Bro- so I mean, things we, and I think we'll over time, Alan, we're not going to st- spend this entire episode talking about all the things we love, right? Because. We try to limit ourselves, one. Two, we want stuff to talk about in the next few weeks, and, and we're going to talk about all the things that we love. But, yeah, the, the XFL gave us so many different things, and it wasn't just football, you know? I mean, my weekends were enjoyable watching football, sitting there, you know, listening to what players were, were actually saying rather than commentators pretending to know what they were saying and, and things like that. So it, it, it is a great, um, great thing that's going to be missed for now. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see who adapts this and who who adopts this, excuse me, and, and moves forward with the same kind of coverage. Because right now the XFL is – right now it's the XFL with, like, content and, and audio, and then there's everyone else down here somewhere. Oh, man, yeah. That was five weeks of, like, just crazy innovation of of just absolute i think pure entertainment from from my perspective from everything i got i mean just non-stop you can't look away like i i, I found it hard to like go to the kitchen and grab a drink because i didn't want to miss what anyone was saying or see it see what was going on in these games because they are and they're fast so i mean this was an, an amazing five weeks unfortunately it's put on pause but the fact is it that resonated with so many people and football people too taking notice, like you said, adopted. You know, the NFL is going to be taking a ton of what has been We're going trying. on in the XFL yeah. in just five five weeks, trying to implement what they saw. And I don't. I, I would hope they do. I would hope everybody in sports, no matter what sport it is, would take some of these broadcasting innovations at least and and really gear it towards the fan. I feel like I've as a fan, and I think guys like Patrick in Las Vegas as a fan, and other people we've heard call the XFL fan line, hit us up at XFL Show on Twitter, as football fans feel like they were being given a product for the last five weeks that was totally focused on them and their enjoyment. And that's what we got, and we can't wait for it to return. 2021, the league is focused on a full season when you know the, this this crazy reality we're in right now settles down and you know, hopefully everybody comes out of it healthy and we, we uh, you know, in 2021 are able to get back to what we've been experiencing these five, these last five weeks. And I, I can't wait for it, but uh, let, let's talk about uh, some of what we've experienced in the last five weeks and, and, and have some fun here because, you know, a lot, outside the, there's reality, 
We're, we got to wash our hands. You know, we got, we're taking all the precautions. Let's have some fun here. Let's talk about stuff like the beer snake. The official count of the beer snake, Brian, they, it came in. 1,237 <laughs> cups in the beer snake at Audi Field in D.C. I mean, that record will be broken in 2021 or whenever the next time they get down in D.C. for a defender's game. <laughs> 1,237 cups. Oh, man, that's a lot of beer that's how many ounces does that translate to i think they had they have the ounces on there as well alan i don't remember <laughs> what they did or they did that stats well graphic was are they cool. all the same size i don't know because they might some of them might be a, a tall or a short i don't know i don't know what that what kind of beers they offer in dc at audi field but there's a lot <laughs> it was enough to make it damn near up to the top row uh but that i mean just the beer snake the caca that patrick gave us there in st louis that was I mean, it's echoing in our ears, Brian, from our trip to St. Louis. It was amazing. How about that uh, Battle Hawks? A Battle Hawks. So cool. Uh, there's a lot of great traditions that are being made. In, in a short time. Don't really, forget you know, them. Those, those... You, that's what we got to keep them in mind. All right. If you're in St. Louis, you, you cause the law just because week five, you better. I'm ho- I, I would think people in St. Louis are still going to be greeting each other when they're going out, look, searching wherever they could find toilet. Awesome days. They're, they're looking for toilet paper wherever they could get it. And they're going to be like, thank you. Kaka to you have a good day. And then they're going to be getting their rations and going, but these traditions were built up also in the first five weeks. These that you could see that these fans were percolating. First fans of a team, as we've said a lot on this show, and the, the ideas were run, they were flying left and right. We saw all sorts of fun stuff at all these stadiums, and I mean, you got the bang too. And St. Louis was really killing it. The hiss in Tampa was a lot of fun. The Guardians as a team, not see this wasn't on TV, but it should be. Note for when we do return. Guardians pregame is the rowdiest thing I've seen, maybe in the XFL. <laughs> when they get to they get together as a team and all huddle up, sh- hands on shoulder to shoulder, jumping up and down, yelling, "We ain't never scared! We ain't never scared!" I mean, that bone crusher was good. And that's just yeah, some of the goosebumps that I was getting during this first five. And weeks. I had the fortunate, you know, I was fortunate enough to go to two Wildcats home openers, and I sat wherever I could. I was on the field for some of it. I was in the stands. I was in the press box, and the atmosphere. I'd never felt that before in an LA sporting event. Not with. I think the closest I ever came to that was a was an LA Kings playoff game. You know, because people are all cheering for the same team. You don't really see that in LA a lot, especially not in football. Uh, and to see I, that, I grew up in LA and never rooted for an LA team when I'd go to a game, <laughs> exactly. except maybe the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, Lakers, maybe yeah. So to see that was was a lot of fun. I think a lot of fans in LA never got that opportunity until they got to a Wildcats game. So that's that's something that hopefully will will never go away, and then, and will continue to build as time goes on. Uh, the the caca was kakasum, uh and the the beer snake. As much as I hate that thing, <laughs> it, it's a tradition that yes. was being built. The hissing, you know, Houston devoted fans, that Dallas, that Tex, that uh, that uh, Texas throwdown, right? Is that what they call it? I still want to call it the Texas FL showdown, but the Texas throwdown, you know. Well, Houston we'll still call one up. We'll still call it the Texas FL showdown. Here you know what sometimes. the best thing about a, <laughs> right? you know what the best thing about the Texas throwdown is now going forward is that at the end of the season, there's always going to be at least one team that has the upper advantage, right? 
least because now yep. we're going to odds. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and yeah, see, math, math. I can do math. You can. I don't. I'm not even going to try. But I'm going to try to take <laughs> us into uh, what came out on XFL.com this week now because this is fun to to talk about. And maybe debate a little bit about. Uh, it's midway through through the season. Well, it's stop and end kind of end of the season, but doesn't keep us from debating and maybe figuring out whether or not this is correct. The XFL midseason, all XFL midseason squad, Brian, on XFL.com right now. We have to talk about it. We also have to talk about just everything we saw when it came to the field and these teams through five weeks because I'm still very interested in the football. And since no sports really are going to be going on anywhere, uh, we need to we need to get get all we can out of this. So let's do it in this week's cover two. You want it? Down. I'm gonna give it to you right now. Let's give it to them. All XFL midseason squad. Let's see if they missed anybody here, Bryant, or I don't know if there's anything of note that you want to discuss. But on XFL.com, everybody could go there. Uh, there is the all XFL midseason squad, and it's in every position group. And uh, we're going to run through it here just a little bit. And, I mean, our power rankings are up on XFL.com, Brian, but just let everyone know we were not consulted about this. If we were, I know you would have probably taken many hours to put this together. I would have probably slapped it together in like an hour, but still, we didn't have input on who got on this list. That's why we want to speak on it. Yeah, I I would have taken a few weeks. I mean, I would have had my midseason ready by like week nine. Probably my midseason. You uh, would need all, it for week five, so you would have to act kind of quickly. <laughs> mm, we'll let's, see. Let's Looks start like, here. I'm let's start act. here. All right. We got we got the quarterback. Guess who the quarterback is? <laughs> PJ Walker. I mean, there's no doubt. You know, PJ Walker. Can't miss that like, one. Fifteen touchdowns. You know, one thousand three hundred thirty-eight yards. The only one who's come close to him, and he barely passed a thousand this last week, was Josh Johnson. It's I mean, yeah, he's it very PJ good. Walker won. He was undefeated. Josh Johnson. Uh, do we have to stay, stay all all this time on PJ Walker? I don't, don't want to talk anymore. Uh, June Jones. I don't want to talk <laughs> anybody. No, but I mean, okay. no. We, we could talk about PJ Walker all day. He obviously was one of, if not the best player in the XFL over five weeks, undefeated. Houston Roughnecks, first in damn near every category. Amazing. I hope for his sake he gets a shot at maybe like a legit. I mean, there there are spots for him in the NFL, I think. You know, you talk about guys like P.J. Walker, and as XFL fans, we want to see him in this league. But the reality of the situation is he's very, very good. And if someone's going to pay him a huge contract in the NFL, a guy like him, this is what it's all about. And he really put out some amazing tape I thought I I would assume he would get signed uh you know before we resume playing the XFL Bryant now that players are eligible to to go to the NFL wouldn't you think well I I definitely I mean if someone doesn't sign him I don't know what they've been watching the last few weeks here in the XFL the question is what does PJ want to do and what kind of position or opportunity he gets I'm sure we'll debate that as a later later point but definitely uh first team XFL first team all XFL whatever you want to say uh, he is the quarterback of this league. Um, my MVP choice, too, to start the season. Oh, yeah. yeah. So the running I mean, back here, Matt Jones, right, yeah. is what they picked for running back. Yeah, Matt Jones. Why? What are you What are you laughing at? <laughs> well, because I was trying to move on before you called me on my P.J. Walker thing. Uh, oh, they, Jones, I mean, you're allowed to change. I mean, I called P.J. Walker at the start of the season. Everyone kinda, knows this. Kind of. I called it. Bam. Easy money by me. Houston Roughnecks quarterback. Duh. June Jones, run and run and shoot. 
But at week five, uh, plenty of room on the bandwagon for PJ Walker here. You can join me. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I'm fine with it. Yeah, let's go to the running back though. So Matt Jones gets the nod at running back, and there's only one running back spot on this list. Bryant, I have I have a lot of issues with this. Don't do you? Because yeah, he led he led the league in rushing for a while and is number two currently, but I. I don't know. I feel like I could I could give it to someone else, maybe one of or share the Tampa Bay Vipers backs. Patrick and Smith were amazing too. What about what say I'm you? Saying all, they take votes from each other. That's the problem. Is they take oh. votes, right? You can't put sharing them, the vote. You can't put Smith slash Patrick as as your co running back spot. We can't do that. Cameron Artis Payne, though, uh, you know he's another um, mentionable quarterback. I mean, excuse me, running back here. Uh, James Butler, though, I think he. The yardage, maybe not so much. Unheralded. But, man, four touchdowns. Yeah. Really just kind of in the shadows of someone we're about to talk about here on the wide receiver position on that same team and PJ Walker. But James Butler, to me, uh, one of the one of the better running backs in this uh, in the in the XFL. I probably would have voted for Smith or Patrick, but you're right, then they take away for votes. So I guess I understand. Matt Jones was great, but he also had Kristen Michael helping him out too. Uh, for wide receiver, we have three spots. I like how they did this. Eleven personnel for our for our uh, <laughs> half midway season all XFL team. Uh, Cam Phillips, duh, number one with a bullet at receiver, first in receptions, thirty-one, four fifty-five receiving yards, nine touchdowns, nine. I mean, the only other guy with a case for MVP, if you ask me. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's the problem, right? You're catching all the touchdowns from the other MVP candidate, but you're right. Cam Phillips, you know, had a, had his slow weeks. I guess you would say, you know, week four he didn't really perform very. I think he had one reception that week, and I think the first week of the season he might have had one touchdown. But still, you know, three XFL Star of the Week awards as voted on by fans. That's he that's just yeah. Amazing. We didn't acknowledge he won for week five. Cam, uh, Cam Phillips was your week five Star of the three Week. Three out of so. four weeks, really. So. <laughs> You just can't skip that over that for sure. It's r- ridiculous, and as like we said, guys who have a shot to get a call for for maybe another NFL opportunity. We'll see what Cam Phillips gets uh, over the next m- months. Uh, Dan Williams, friend of the show, your f- buddy from last week of the Tampa Bay Vipers, <sighs> beast with the football, catches it and then yak 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 yak. Yeah. I, I'm all well, about I said, him. He, he never. <laughs> He run, he always gets yardage, whether it be left, right, up, or down. He's never getting tackled as soon as he catches that ball. It's always at least some sort of movement from him. Uh, I don't mind it. I, still, that one of the most incredible runs, uh, plays you can you know in the XFL was that Week Four run he had against the. Does uh, the one DC touchdown defense. though? Only one touchdown. Does that does that justify him? Well, that's him? like fifteen percent of the touchdowns on the Tampa Bay Vipers. So if you do percentage wise, <laughs> you're right. You know he's got a high percentage of the Tampa Bay Vipers touchdowns there. The number the number three receiver Isn't spot that- on this midseason is great because he hasn't played since when week two, when <laughs> week, week three? three, week three. Nelson Spruce of the L.A. Wildcats. Trey McBride stepped in and filled, I mean, filled that role as the go-to guy for Josh Johnson. I would be happy with either of them there. Uh, Nelson Spruce gets the call. Uh, on XFL.com, what do you think of that? Uh, you, because he hasn't played in two weeks, I guess that that may be why I wouldn't put him on this list. Uh, someone who I really liked, who showed you know real signs of, of greatness, uh, Nick Holly as well from the Houston Roughnecks. He was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, the Juki Juke from that Week Five game. 
Uh, what do we have? Two hundred and seventy-one yards and four uh, TDs. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Trey McBride as well. Uh, we'll get to Donald Parham. He's on here as as our top receiver, even though he was a uh, tight end technically. No, he's he's he, he, he's on the All XFL midseason team as a tight end. He's listed as yeah tight as a end. tight end. I would. I mean, he was he was just one of the most favored targets of of um, Landry Jones. They almost have to put him as a receiver, but I guess a tight end, whatever. I don't think he ever lined up as a tight end. Did he line up as a tight end? I don't remember. Oh, yeah. I always remember seeing him in the slot. Did he? No, he, yeah, he, he would. I mean, cause maybe it's because he was so, maybe it's because he's so tall that when he would go down to the three point stance, it still looked like he was standing. Yeah. So I didn't think he was actually down as a tight end. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's up there with other, with receivers in terms of yardage and, and targets and all of that. Donald Parham, obviously the favorite target for whoever was the quarterback for the renegades. Um, one of the most fun players to watch, I would say, in the first five weeks of the XFL with that crazy tall frame out of what school? Stetson. Where's that? Stetson. In Florida. Florida. So you've got quarterback, receivers, running backs, running back, tight end done. Let's go to the big uglies, offensive linemen. Uh, you've got two Houston Roughnecks on here and Terry Poole and Sebastian Tritola. I mean – you could make the argument that all the Roughnecks offensive line get on there because P.J. Walker, I think, dealt with the least amount of of pressure and issues in terms of his protection of any quarterback. But also you might want to credit the running backs for the Roughnecks. Man, they've got all sorts of great protections and schemes to keep P.J. Walker standing tall. And we well, Terry... was sacked six times. That's second that's, most in the league. That's of his own fault, though, because he's a scrambler and is going to try to make something out of out of nothing a lot. He's a Brett Favre type player. Fair. He's first statement. That's why I I'm glad that some roughnecks O linemen made this list because they do a very good job. And you saw, especially last week, when oh no, they're pushing everyone back. There's no one in the box. They're just waiting for us to pass. I mean, those guys dominated it, and Houston ran the ball very well in week five. So uh, I like that. Credit to Terry Poole and Sebastian Tortola. Uh, Martez Ivy, a mean tackle for the Vipers. I mean, the physicality, the brutality of that run game, definitely anchored by him, I thought. Yeah, no, definitely. And you, you have to put somebody from that uh, that uh, Battlehawks, um, excuse me, Guardians, Vipers uh, line, Vipers. <laughs> Mark this. You have to put somebody on that Vipers. Um... I'm not marking anything. It's episode 121. <laughs> By now, you should be able to get through one stat, without so I got a little. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little all over the place. Uh, Vipers uh, with uh, Patrick running behind him. So that's that's another one. Alan, the one that didn't make the list that you know I'm going to bring up because I'm I love watching this man play football. Storm Norton of the Wildcats. Where uh, is he? From Norton out on a, he's not on this list, but you get him out on a swing pass. You get him out on a screen. Man, it was a lot of fun watching him tumble down uh, the field looking for bodies to protect to, to block. The other offensive lineman on here, Anthony Coyle, the guard for the Guardians, uh, who, I mean, that run game also is very good, and, and they're stout up the middle, even with Silberman going nuts and getting in fights, but that's just <laughs> the viciousness that that O-line plays with. He's a part of that, Anthony Coyle. And then, of course, uh, Marquis Shakir, Shakir of the Dallas Renegades rounding it out. The other guard, uh, I mean, th the, the Renegades, uh, what you see here is they went with all offensive linemen, I think, who play on teams that ran the ball well. And then you went with two roughnecks who do everything well as an O-line, I think. 
when it comes to running that June Jones offense. So those are your big uglies on O. On defense, let's take it to the D line. It's Vaughn Walker, probably the best defensive lineman, interior defensive lineman in the XFL in the first five weeks. Four and a half sacks. I mean, felt like he was involved in every play uh, for the Guardians whenever they would make one of those crazy splash plays in the interview, the lost interview with linebacker Ben Heaney uh, that we're not going to play on this episode. But I spoke to him, and he talked about just how this defense is is ready to make a play at any moment. And Walker at defensive tackle in the middle of it all out of Maryland, this guy, I mean, just he was a problem for everybody that New York played. And you definitely saw that in the L.A. game, Bryant. Yeah, no, I mean, the L.A. couldn't get anything going in that game. That was basically because of uh, Kavon Walker. And, and you know what? He was a lot of fun to watch. We never mentioned, we didn't mention a lot of their, uh, the defensive line for the Guardians. I think not until, uh, well, no, we didn't even mention them. What what defensive line we talked about? That was the D.C. Defenders sure. defensive line. Well, Jarrell, well, Jarrell Owens and him in, in that L.A. game, like they dominated in week, what was that, week four. So that we mentioned them then, I remember. Because they need you, you couldn't help but notice those guys were everywhere. Um, but and definitely, I think a major part of the Guardians getting back on the right track. I mean, this has only been five weeks of football. Think of all the stories we've had: the rise, the rise and fall, the Guardians, and then the come coming back with some big wins. Same with the DC Defenders, the undefeated Houston Roughnecks, the Snake Bitten Vipers, the emotional and explosive LA Wildcats. I'm, I'm ruining our next segment, Brian, but I'm so hyped for all these teams because that's what we're going to kind of get into. Uh, let's finish this off. Will Sutton, another interior defensive lineman for the Dragons in Seattle, had a sack, uh, four, four tackles for loss. I mean, was hitting quarterbacks. He played for the Bears in the NFL, if you remember him. I mean, we knew going into the season this guy was very talented. He showed up pretty big as a leader on that defense. Um, oftentimes they would get, you know, uh, I don't know, they would get into – funks as a d and give up big plays but this guy whenever they did make a big play was involved no he really was and and one of the brighter spots on that seattle dragons team that didn't couldn't find a lot of bright spots um as the season progressed but still another great player alan the one i want to get to too because i saw him i i was able to stand next to him at the uh wildcats meet and greet uh devin taylor uh for the wildcats big tall guy and he he came out of nowhere i don't think he was on anybody's radar to start the season really uh had a a coming out performance i think even so much that sean oakland became uh, almost obsolete on that defensive line because of him uh unfortunately got hurt in week four uh with a hamstring injury he was dressed for week five but did not actually participate in the game so i I really like devin taylor and the way he played i hope he comes back too Oh, yeah, he was definitely a lot of fun, and, and ma- he made you realize, well, they lost Anthony Johnson and, you know, traded him away because they had Devin Taylor. They were, you know, they knew they had guys in plus Oakman that could pick up the slack, and he definitely did. Um, I mean, for a, a pretty, pretty nimble, nimble big man, he's – I'm fine with him being there, but I will say with the interior guys we just talked about, honorable mention, I, I'm fine with Will Sutton there, but if I was going to – vote for someone myself I might have put Casey Sales of the Battlehawks not just because you know he makes good trades for Girl Scout cookies but because I felt (laughs) like he was all over the field for St. Louis in a lot of these first five games but uh, who would have known who would know what would happen with these these 
defensive linemen. I thought a lot of great defensive linemen were – there's a lot of great defensive line play in the XFL in the first five weeks. Would have saw a lot more in the last five. Uh, Anthony Johnson maybe would have surpassed them all for sacks total. I feel like he was getting in a groove in D.C. Bright. He rounds this out. Uh, the landlord for D.C. I mean, to switch teams after the season starts and still be an effective disruptor of quarterbacks. He's still in, in line, I think, for Mr. XFL for me. Uh, yeah, he, he great interviewer at the beginning of some of those games my, with DC. My favorite, a lot of fun. my favorite pregame interview for sure. He he was a lot of energy, something the XFL desperately needed for sure uh, in this first season. I have no problem with Anthony Johnson being on this. Uh, only could have imagined what he would have done if he was sticking on stuck on uh, if he stuck on. I don't even know how to talk right now. If he uh, stayed on the Wildcats, because uh, the way I see the Wildcats play defense. And they didn't hit that rut that DC hit. Remember, DC hit a rut where they looked bad for a couple weeks. Uh, especially, they couldn't even tackle in week four against the Vipers. It was really bad for them. So, and he didn't have a great game then. But Anthony Johnson, you know, kind of almost the spirit of this. I will give you that award if we're giving those away now, Alan, as Mr. XFL uh, for Anthony Johnson. Because he was a, a spark this league needed. Not just for the DC defenders, not just for the Wildcats in the short time that he was there. But for the league itself. Great, Yeah, great personality for sure. Uh Let's go to the linebackers, DeMarcus Gates. Big plays all over the place for the Roughnecks. I have no issue there. And Steven Johnson, leader of the Seattle Dragons, no issue there either at linebacker. I honestly think that's absolutely the perfect duo for that for those spots for the first five weeks for the midseason All-XFL team. How about you? Uh, you know, the one that everybody probably will talk about that's not on this list, at least I don't see him in the linebacker position. Let me just scroll down here before I uh... – Look too much like a fool. Uh, Terrence Garvin, you know, one of the better players in the league. He just didn't, you know, he was, we talked about that St. Louis Battlehawks defense before the season started and through the defense and through the season. Uh, probably an honorable mention at linebacker. Only two positions for the linebacker. I thought they would go with three, but two's fine. Defensive back, Tavares McFadden of the Vipers with two picks and three PBUs. Josh Hawkins of the Dallas Renegades, who shut down Cam Phillips in that, in that, that Texas throwdown game. Uh, Deatric Nichols of the Roughnecks, and then both Battlehawk safeties make it, Will Hill and Kenny Robinson uh, for the secondary All-XFL team. Do you have any gripes with any of those? Uh, no gripes. I, I think the, the team is is well stacked. Imagine having your team and have this be your starting 22. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, Kenny Robinson, a great story, got some good film, and he's headed to the draft. Uh, I, I think he earned the spot. With this, um, with this all XFL midway season uh, team, is that what you're I, it? Yeah, mid season all XFL <laughs> team. I probably would have had Jamar Summers of the Guardians on there instead of maybe I don't know Nichols, but you know the the Roughnecks D was great, and he you know he had a lot of a lot of play. He's the first in in interceptions in the league. Nichols, uh, a great player, I thought, but Summers I think as a leader too, kind of the heart and soul of that Guardians. Uh, defense has been doing a tremendous job uh, rounding it out special teams Taylor Russellino bang bang can't argue the Battlehawks kicker damn near perfect nine for ten Hunter Niswander of the DC defenders the punter and Austin Walter the return man who had that kick return last week for Dallas Bryant I mean that rounds it all out and you know I'd have to say xfl.com.com did a pretty good job some of my favorites weren't there but I'm okay with all those players they put 
Well, you only have so many positions. I'm sure there's a, a t, uh, an all team, all second team. We probably could have had as well and had good players in there. But yeah, you want to no, do that no right now? Means, you want to do an entire no, second team? I think we're good with the, okay. no, I think we're good with the one team for now. Uh, I had enough troubles going through this one myself, <laughs> but uh, see you, he needs I the, think, he needs the t- prep time. You need to tell him, Bryant, we need your, your all mid season team. And then he's going to take the, he needs to be able to sit with pen, paper, computer, go yeah. through it all. And whereas me, I'm going to, I'm going to just throw them out there and make you believe it. And I think I did that to you right now. You're going to agree with everything I said, right? Are you talking to me or just yeah. in general? You, you agree oh, with everything? I mean, yes, I agree. With I wasn't wrong. Sure. I was great. You, I already have you on the bandwagon with PJ Walker's MVP over five weeks. I have really molded you and I think I'm doing a great job. <laughs> uh, the who made Brian look good award this week goes to Alan. I guess. Yeah. For the whole, <laughs> who made look Brian look good for the season. That's right here. <laughs> oh man. All right, Alan, you alluded to it. So let's get to the second part of the cover two here because yeah, real quick. Uh, this is a lot of fun. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. So, you know, before the season, we did superlatives and, you know, say this or that about a team or a player and really just put that kind of stamp on them. What you think of when you think of this team. And so midway through here and unfortunately we're stopping the season. It's a halt, but still it doesn't keep us from labeling these teams. Real quick. I want to put this. I want to put this out there. We had this cover two kind of laid out before any of these announcements. So it's kind of nice to still be able to talk about these things. Because you know, we were going to do the settings anyway. that we'd like. Yeah, exactly. So regardless of what the uh, what the actual uh, regardless of what the actual season was or going to do, we were going to talk about these. Yeah, because, well, about, right? you football freaks were expecting us to talk about the season thus far. You were also expecting a week six previews. We're not going to have that, unfortunately, but we could talk about the first five weeks. And that's what we're doing. And with these superlatives, I want to just say, Brian, we're going to say it's like a fill in the blank after five weeks of XFL football. The blank team name are blank. Whatever you want to say about that team. And I'm really calling this one off the dome because off my own battle dome here because I didn't write any of these <laughs> down. So we're going to I'm going to wing this one because that's how I want to do it. So if you're ready, can let's you do, do the it. first one, Alan? Because I'm not a pro. Remember, yes. still season to me, the season's still rolling until next week. We're, we're in this area where I'm more comfortable. So I'm going to need you to kind of go over the first one. And these might be controversial. It might upset some fans of certain teams, but that's what talking football is all about each week in the XFL. And the Seattle Dragons are the first team we're going to talk about. And I don't know if you'll like it if you're a Dragons fan, but I'm going to say after five weeks of XFL football, the Seattle Dragons are ill-prepared. just feel like the least prepared team every week. They're... They're not prepared to for the speed of the game. They're not prepared to react to what other teams are doing against them. And I think that might fall on uh, some of the players. Well, definitely so, a, a lot of the players, I would say. But probably the head coach a little bit. Okay. Jim Zorn. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Am I wrong? I'm going to go with eh, – you're not wrong. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go similar but not exact. I'm going to go Seattle Dragons are – confused i got screwed up i just got screwed up there you go i think they're just a little confused on what to do on every single play uh just because it, it was moving too fast to what you alluded to i just used a different word alan but yeah seattle dragons are confused at least in my sense of how i see things let's do the la wildcats now you want to go first now i'll, I'll do this one this one's gonna be fun uh the la wildcats are entertaining oh 
I definitely a lot of fun to watch. Regardless, win loss. I mean, in a loss, we got one of the best drops of the year. You want it? Now. I'm gonna give it to you right now. That was a loss. So you tell me they're not entertaining. And then last week, when it's different, hit it, it spread like wildfire. You had not playing uh, Jordan Smallwood. Not playing <laughs> Jordan Smallwood. Jordan's there. You go. Thank you, Alan. I was waiting for you. Uh, Jordan Smallwood <laughs> doing his thing. Uh, Josh Johnson looking for his mouth mouthpiece, telling Coach Norm Chow to relax, just call plays. Uh, it was just entertaining to watch. We had Mister Excitement, uh, six to the ball. Oh yes, uh, that's that's mine too. I was in the in the same vein, I'm going to say after five weeks of XFL football, the LA Wildcats are explosivo. They're just explosive explosions on the sideline on the field. Some of the biggest plays in this league were made by this offense. The two highest scoring games were made by this were this offense. This is w- what they do in L.A. Six to the boy. Six to the boy. <laughs> now, Alan, did you say explosivo so you could reach out to Nuestro Fanaticos? Yes, yes, to all aficionados. the aficionados. Aficionados. The L.A. Wildcats. <laughs> <Senior> <laughs> Entertainment. Six to the boy. Six to the boy. Love it. All right, let's go to the big D, Dallas. The Dallas Renegades. After five weeks of XFL football, the Dallas Renegades are underachieving. Yeah, that's a good one. They underachieved. Even with the injuries to Landry Jones, could have done better. Philip Nelson, or tried another quarterback, Coach Stoops. I don't know. Now, is it is it underachieving or over? Play fast, do it again. Injury or just overhyped. Oh, is that yours? How? Well, no, I, that's not mine. I'm just because I'm, oh. I'm alluding. I'm still answering yours. You had Bob Stoops, who everyone felt would be one of the great coaches in this. You had Hal Mummy, who's no longer the offensive coordinator of the team. Uh, defensively, they weren't the greatest team in the world. Uh, I thought they were a very good defense. Actually, their defense was better than I expected, but they were thin in personnel on the D-line, and their offense sputtered. So they underachieved to me. uh, Baby blue ballers. We'll see what happens next season. After five weeks of the XFL football, (laughs) after five weeks of XFL football, the Dallas Renegades are doomed. That's what I would have said. Doomed. Doomed. Do you think they would have finished with the worst record in the XFL? No, but they wouldn't have been. Uh, well, you had the Seattle Dragons there, uh, so that's kind of. I, I Seattle, think that been a if Seattle would have got Philip Nelson, Seattle would have won. Oh, maybe that's a good point. So yeah, doomed. <laughs> I think I think the Wildcats were starting to figure it out, uh, and and the, the they were basically doing this. Remember how we talked about how every couple weeks a team seems to sputter? I yeah. felt like that's where the Dallas Renegades were at that let's point go, in time. Let's go to the undefeated. Houston Roughnecks. After five weeks of XFL football, the Houston Roughnecks are perfect. Can't you can't argue it. They're perfect. And no, are they p- perfect though. Eh, they're perfect. You thought they were perfect. I'm wondering what the hell no you're doing in this league. There was no facet of the game that you thought they could do better in. At times, they would, you know, maybe give up a big oh, play, maybe or random turnover, but. Perfect football team is a team that scores when they need to score, 
They handle their business, and they don't get L's, and that's what the Houston Roughnecks did. They were perfect. And also, June Jones versus referees is the rivalry of the year in the XFL. Go ahead. Yeah, get out of here. The Houston Rough after five weeks of XFL football, the Houston Roughnecks are anti-conversations with referees. That's kind of how I saw it. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> I'm wondering what the hell you're doing in this league. <laughs> that that it's that, wrong that it's wrong oh yeah you're wrong <laughs> that's like your opinion man uh you want it i'm gonna give it to you right now and i'm wondering what the hell you're doing in this league i think those are your lines of the year right there but no poll question yet on voting for that maybe next show we'll do something like that the tampa bay vipers after five weeks the tampa bay Vi- of xfl football the Tampa Bay Vipers are snake bitten. <laughs> Still going with that. Punch. I feel like it's if they didn't have any, if they didn't have bad luck, they wouldn't have any luck at all. These Vipers, they led the league in yardage, rushing yardage, total offense. Jerry Glanville's defense was leading until they ran into LA. This team, I feel, is better than a, a couple to three or maybe three or four other teams in the league. At least I would pick the Vipers to win. Probably over the Dragons. Probably over Dallas with Philip Nelson. I'd probably pick Tampa Bay to beat, ooh, I was thinking about picking them against St. Louis at home, honestly, this week. I mean, I was. I feel like Tampa Bay was better than they showed uh, or I mean, was their record was worse than what they showed on the field, and that means they're snake bitten to me. Uh, to me, the Tampa Bay Vipers, after five weeks of football of XFL football, the Tampa Bay Vipers were predictable in the sense that they could not when score they got, when, when they, they got to the red, red zone. zone. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's kind of so. I guess they were predictable, predictably unpredictable as well, just because you never knew what you were going to get unless you were in the red zone. Good crisp football. It mattered. They could not get in the red zone. I think that was their that was their Achilles heel all season long. The New York Guardians. After five weeks of XFL football, the New York Guardians. Are, ooh, I'm gonna have to think about this one. Balanced. There you go. Balanced. They, Balanced. Hey, okay. They are. Even if if their if their quarterback is playing horribly and throwing people under the bus on the sideline, the defense is still gonna pick pick up the O a little bit and stop the bleeding somewhat. I mean, they could have got beaten a lot worse than they were beaten, and they were beaten bad in week what week two against DC. Two. Um, but in their victories, three, two. yeah, they were they got beat by the battle, the, the, the battle Hawks. They did, but they scored a little bit in that and they, they showed some grit, I guess it was a little dirty play, but some grit, some hot headedness. I get it at that in that game. It felt like they were losing control, some but passion. I think that was just them showing passion. It's what it turned into. And you saw the balance in the victories. I mean, not pretty offense, but big plays on D to, to kind of even it out. So that defense really is what allows for the bounce. The run game was good when whenever they could get it going. Uh, I feel like as it as the season was going to go on, this t- this team felt to me like they were going to probably improve on offense and with a defense that already was looking pretty good. Uh, I-, I was liking their chances after five weeks, which a few weeks ago they were 
I mean, it was abysmal what the what the outlook for the Guardians. So really, credit to everybody in the locker room for picking that thing back up the, the way they did the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that's kind of where mine's leading to, Alan. After five weeks of XFL football, the New York Guardians are better off with Luis Perez than Matt McGloin at quarterback. And I and I told you, you know, Luis Perez, maybe not the greatest skill-wise. I uh, learned how to play football through YouTube. Great bowler from what I've heard. Uh, but uh, he's a hell of a leader, and I, it makes me want to do everything I can on every single play for that man. You know, you, I think I might do – that's a good idea. Learning on YouTube. Maybe during the the break with no football, maybe we should – we should learn how to do things on YouTube. Like, I don't, maybe, I'll, maybe I could play in the league. How to play fullback? How do I? Uh, can I look that up? Yeah, let's go. To, yeah, you, you do that, and I'll just move on to the next one, Alan. <laughs> After five weeks of XFL football, the St. Louis Battle. <laughs> uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks to me are Kakasim. <sighs> Overrated. What? <laughs> Boo! No way. Yeah, I really felt I, I picked them to lose. What? Why are you shaking your head like that? It's not, not fair. overrated. Not fair. I picked them to lose. Good football team. Uh, to the DC Defenders. Good football team. The only the only two games they played well were one at home against the Guardians. The Dragons almost beat them. They played really well against the Houston Roughnecks, still came up with the L. They didn't play well against the Dallas Renegades, who had, uh, yeah. Um, Philip Nelson. Nelson, <laughs> quarterback. And they stunk against the D.C. Defenders team. I couldn't find a, 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 a receiver for the life of them. Uh, ooh, things were things were weird. They might have made the playoffs, but to me, overrated. Sorry. Sorry there about the fans. A bad off, offsides call from maybe beating the Roughnecks. Don't forget that. That's why mine's different from yours, man. Mine is, uh, after five weeks of XFL football, the St. Louis Battlehawks are primed and ready to take over the East. I, I, I thought they were going to win it. They were going to win the East. They were they were going to be my pick moving forward, even after losing to D.C. I was pretty confident that that was, the, from what I saw in five weeks, the and best team you. in that division. I'm 100% with you because of the competition, D.C., New York, a very balanced team. Uh, Tampa Bay, who was just not ever, sh- you know, able to win a game for whatever reason. I, I thought the St. Louis Bulldogs would make the playoffs, probably win that division. But uh, compared to some of these West Coast teams, I would have loved to have seen the LA St. Louis game for Week Seven with those fifty thousand fans. That would have been a great game to watch. We are deprived of that now. Yeah, but uh, I, I just think that don't remind when you, me. You, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just going to move on. But yeah, that overrated is how I put it. Sorry, seamless. Your lovely town, Kakasim Town. Definitely. Great spam sandwiches with peanut butter and jalapeno. Yeah. DC Defenders, last one. After five weeks of XFL football, the DC Defenders are well coached. They are everything good about DC Defenders. I put it all because of Pep Hamilton. And how seriously and how how in, how much detail he put into his yeah. game plans and his his steal your line preparation. That guy brought it all. I think as a, as a head coach for these first five weeks, probably would have come out with coach of the year 
if they kept going on that trajectory, they were first. They, the playoffs. Yeah, they were um, first. Yeah. Alan, yeah, I went the, through it. I said, was after great. five, I was on your path. After five weeks of XFL football, the DC defenders are well prepared. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I, that's what I came up with. Uh, you're right. The, uh, Pep Hamilton won that game. He won the first two games. I think of the season two. I'm convinced of it. Uh, that team, I don't know what was missing. Maybe it was a player. Maybe they only had 10 out there sometimes. Maybe that's what it was. But there was something missing about that team. But they were well prepared prepared, and coached. And Pep Hamilton, to me, was the MVP of that team. You got to get on your horse now, Rashad. I would love to see him coach a little more. I would have. And I hopefully will. And ho- yeah, and yeah, for 2021, when the XFL returns, Pep Hamilton, I definitely think was a, a star coach in this league, and I loved watching him coach because I felt like watching him coach made me a smarter football fan. Which, like we've said, watching the coaches in this league different from any other sport, uh, you really get to pick their brains. You see what they are doing on the sidelines, how they work, and getting to do that, you could see actually who the coaches that are in it and like actually hands-on and calling everything and paying attention to detail. I don't think, I mean, there are a lot of good coaches in this league, but in terms of detail and really being involved, I don't think anybody compared to what we saw to Pep Hamilton in the first five weeks of this XFL season. And those are mid-season superlatives. We went over mid-season all XFL team. Unfortunately, that's, the season stopped, so we don't get to see any more from from these these teams as they are. But I think it's only going to get better because what these coaches and players learned after five weeks is, I mean, it's probably immeasurable. They've they've gained so much knowledge about how everything works. They got comfortable with sideline interviews, comfortable with the communication that this league utilizes, and it's going to make for an even better season when it does return. Yeah, it's. It's unfortunate because everybody was hitting their stride. Everybody was. Even even Zorn, I feel like, was getting into a stride of how to do things. And oh, my gosh. It's going to wait until next year for sure. Uh, if you have your own superlatives, maybe I'll put it out there this week on Twitter, Alan, uh, at XFL Show. Give it to us. You know What do you think each one of these teams were uh, using that little after five weeks of XFL football, the blank, our blank? Yes. Let us hear it. At XFL Show on the XFL fan line, 724-565. For XFL, uh, at this point, Bryant, we would have gone to Ben Heaney and Jordan Smallwood interviews. But those were – let me just recap them because we don't want everyone to sit through them talking about week six that won't happen. Uh, Ben Heaney, I spoke to him. He told me that that team really, whenever Gilbride said you could go one of two ways, that fork in the road when they got their butts whooped. Uh, he basically told told me Ben. He said, "Yeah, we chose the right path. We we, you know, mentally just kind of stuck together, and you know, we got it together as a defense. We stepped up. The offense was starting to come along, and he did mention, you know, like Luis Perez is he he kind of brought some stability to that situation, and uh, the Guardians were on the right path. That's what I spoke with Ben Heaney about. What about you and Jordan Smallwood? Why does he do that, Randy Orton post? <laughs> well, I asked him if he heard voices, and one day we'll probably bring that thing out of the archives. But I asked him if he heard voices to tell him to do that. Um, <laughs> they that talk to him; <laughs> they understand. Uh, he actually said it was his brother who told him to do it. That people would lose it. Smallwood, we uh, did forever. Uh, he, <laughs> I was talking about how you know how to get on a roll, and, and also I asked him about Josh Johnson because Josh Johnson really did have a coming out party in terms of leadership this past week, and how he felt 
uh, getting that football thrown to him. And he said, you know, it's great to have a quarterback like Josh who, who motivates you and wants uh, the best out of players and things like that. So uh, he was ready for this team. We talked about the turnover mask and how he was not a huge fan of it. Little dicey uh, with everything going on, but uh, he was ready for this weekend. He was talking also because uh, we interviewed him after uh, the announcement of the fans not going to be in attendance to that game. And he said, you know, when, when fans aren't in attendance, you have to bring your own energy because the fans aren't there to feed off of. And you got to bring good energy. And he was talking about that too. So, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll have both of these men on the show again at some point uh, throughout the off season going into the next season if they don't make an NFL roster, but it's still a great time to talk to them. Yeah, and that was great about each team giving us access to players and coaches before and during the season, and we look forward to more of that as we you know go into this unknown period where we stop the season, but we definitely want to you know, hopefully give those players and coaches a platform to speak directly to fans right here on This is the XFL Show and speak to us. We, I have questions. How are they spending their off seasons? It's going to be interesting to hear from everybody, especially in this time where we're all practicing, hopefully social distancing, and we're probably going to be in our own homes a whole lot, you know, through podcasts like this, Bryant. Great way to communicate with each other and hear uh, what the status is with some of these personalities that we've fallen in love with over the last five weeks. Um, the XFL isn't going anywhere, and neither is your ch- chance to represent your team and and get involved with the league in terms of, you know, your threads, man. You got to look good, even if you're practicing social distancing and <laughs> not seeing anybody if you're going to – I mean, I'm not leaving this room, Brian, but that's just because I like – podcasting and being on my computer all day because i'm a psychopath but i go to xflshop.com to look good while i do it and that's where you can dress like the pros in the xfl with exclusive sideline apparel and all all sorts of new stuff on there too Uh, people i mean i i go online and people say no it's a new tampa bay viper shirt i gotta get it you get it at xflshop.com jerseys hats coaches hats get ready for for the return of the xfl on xflshop.com with your authentic team customized xfl footballs saw someone on twitter brian when the announcement was made halting the season someone said damn i just bought my custom name jersey on xflshop.com keep it it. it'll be good rock it because you're gonna need it get it at xflshop.com they have everything you need to show off your team colors celebrate the love of football and get your gear today at xflshop.com now, as we wind down, Bryant, let's take it to this last segment. We need to talk about, you know, this the situation. What happens moving forward? What are you going to do? What am I going to do? What's the show going to do? How are we going to approach this? Are you, are you ready to kind of get into all those questions that we're all being asked? We have to ask because of the coronavirus and, and the, the pandemic that has caused the change in so many of our, our lives as sports fans. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't ready an hour, a day ago, but I'm ready now. Let's talk about it. Yeah, we got we to gotta react. It's like just playing good defense. You read, you react. Let's do it right here in the Hot Read. <laughs> need, I just need that, I need that fire in my ear. I need that fire in my ear to get me into the groove to talk. Uh, yeah, I saw you just like you went right into it. I saw it. Like there you go. <laughs> just a little bit. It's a little bit to get you going to get the juices flowing. So what happens moving forward? How do you cope with no XFL? 
no football, no sports in general. As we're practicing social distancing, some people, hopefully you're not, but if you're quarantined and you got to be away from everybody and you're going to probably be on the internet or your phone or watching TV, how do you cope with the no sports, Bryant? What do you do? I, as someone with uh, you know the ESPN and Fox streaming ability, Probably gonna watch back some week one yeah. through five games, baby. Why not? I, I, <laughs> I got twenty games to watch. I don't know about you, Alan. <laughs> uh, rewatch a few times over. Um, if any NFL scouts out there too need any advice, make sure you call. Well, I call Alan probably first, and then call me uh, if you if you need any advice on these players. How do you cope without sports? I think it's an interesting topic. You know, we talk about the seriousness of all this and then what's going on right now, and. And sports is a part of life. It really is. I know people just say it's sports. It's just basketball. It's just football. And I think when we went to St. Louis, we realized that it wasn't just football, right? It was traditions being removed from a town, removed from people. You know, little kids didn't get to experience what their dads did forever. Mm -hmm. You know, can you imagine, uh, you know, me growing up, I got to do a lot of things that I'm thankful I get to do. And now that I have a daughter, you know, I'm glad I get to do those things with her going forward, you know, but imagine those things getting ripped away. Sports traditions. Those are just parts of life. It, it is just sports. It's just a game. But uh, but to a lot of people, it's it's a way of life. And and you got to cope without it for a while. And there are some serious things going out there. But, you know, you, you find ways. You watch other things. You watch, you know, because it'll be back. All this will be back. The XFL will be back. Basketball will be back, you know baseball all this is all coming back it's gonna it's a little hiatus it's something we've never really seen before i think the only time i've ever seen something like this before in my life in my lifetime was 9-11 right sports kind of went away for a week two weeks almost uh, after what happened on 9-11 and and this is a, a this is serious this is uh, gonna be a lot longer but it'll be back I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be okay i got 20 games to watch there's a lot of stuff to watch there's more, you know, that was 2001. We didn't have the internet as nope. easily accessible as we do now. So yeah, can rewatch uh, these games. Can rewatch these games. Um, who knows? We can. I mean, if we were to have time on our hands, who knows what we do and, and provide for you here on this is the XFL show. I don't. I've got some ideas swirling in my head. You just stay tuned. Brian and I are going to put some stuff together for you with this because this is what we do. This when you can't watch the games, we did it for two years. We'll talk about the XFL, (laughs) even if there are no games going on, because that's what we do, because we love it so much. And now we've gotten our eyeballs on the league uh, for five weeks. I mean, we could take that as long as we need to. Yeah, we really can. And and the things you have ideas swirling through your head, we haven't had really time to discuss what we want to do going forward. The show's not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere, right? I mean, we're going to be here. Where are we going to go? I'm trapped in here. It's, you're not trapped in there so much i've seen you even walk out a few times but. no my fiance put a lock on the door she said i was getting she too did. rowdy that yeah. has nothing to do with the virus by the way i'm just putting nothing that there no she just head. she just it's relationship <laughs> it's relationship <laughs> distancing she's just had, had enough um no we're not going anywhere we're gonna have a lot of fun we've done this for, like alan said for two years we did this we we figured out what to do uh, when there was no football to talk about, and we'll do it going forward. But this time we have some football to talk about, five weeks worth of it, and what we want to see happen in 2021. And we're really good with sound effects, and I think we have the perfect one from everyone's favorite Dallas Renegades head coach, Bob Stoops. Because what he said about their team when they were looking like a pretty good team once upon a time, not so much recently, but they, when they were looking good, he said this about the Renegades, and I think it applies to us right now, Brian, and the XFL in general. I think we're just scratching the surface of what we're capable of. Just scratching the surface. Rawr.
Yeah. Do claws the, up. Claws, claws up. up. HBK. <laughs> yeah, best friend, baby. By the way, my best friend. Yeah, that that's um, that's what we're doing. Scratching the surface with the show, with the league, and with 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 you. We're just getting started, and we've got we've got a says, lot of fun to have. Up here. That, oh, is that what's going to say? Up here. Just up here? getting started. There. Right here. There. Um, anyway. That. Oh, yeah, it's uh, a podcast. I, the video video is ruining. Sorry if you're listening on a podcast app and you. Well, video like, killed the podcast star. I don't know if you know did. that or not. It did. Oh, you're right. Now. <laughs> I'm going to be, it's going to get crazy. It's all of a sudden you're going to see, I'm going to be in costume for some of these games or these shows moving forward. Oh, I, I hope you bring like a, a bald eagle <laughs> caca and then I'll dress up as one of the vipers. I'm thinking like a David Bowie kind of ones, onesie suit, but with like wings that I'm going to be like a caca person. That's what I'm thinking. And I'm going to make it all dark and blue light in this, in this uh, office studio for one of the future episodes. That's one of my ideas. <laughs> We might costume while we wait for the XFL to return. You don't know. Maybe Brian will put something up in his office for you to look at while he's well, doing one, the show. I have a little gimmick here. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I have a little gimmick here. I could probably use. Ladies and gentlemen, the most boring studio. Oh, there you go. There you go. He's going to wear a, was that a raptor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, hold on, there's fun. like another setting on this thing. This is a lot of fun. This is really <laughs> what stupid idiots we are just because we're on video brian for the podcast people just put on a that was a, 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 a velociraptor a, a velociraptor mask. mask equipped with a mind you that is from box. <laughs> that is from the jurassic world movies not the jurassic park movies too. that could that, that that could be what the dragons adopt next season instead of a turnover mask it's the turnover raptor mask I mean, that's kind of like a dragon. I mean, they're dragons. Then they're lizards. Still, you just think any, they, this goes back to the preseason when you thought every reptile was a dragon. Yeah, they're all like, related. But anyway, uh, we're going to move on, Alan. Alan, let me ask you this then. Let's this. end on this. Uh, what, this is a fun one. What was your favorite thing in the XFL so far? Oh, really hard to pin down. Uh, are we talking? Are we doing moment? Are we gonna do just thi- like a just like a thing. thing? Thing? Anything? Okay. Well, then it's. I mean, it's gonna be one thing, but it's multi. It stem multiple great things, and that's just the micro. The microphone. This. The microphone. The using the power of this like this device. Different. Yeah. This device, when applied to a football game, has changed my world and i think a lot of people's worlds using the microphone and the full power of this device it made these games so much more entertaining it made us way more in tune and made with the with the teams and with the games and what's going on and it made all the people in the xfl that were watching every week coaches and players and the broadcasters it just made them feel all more human and real and relatable and fun and it was this the microphone is my favorite part of the xfl i can't get enough of the audio access the and everything that it entails that's what i look forward to like i said you cannot watch the tv broadcast on mute i'm as someone i watch a lot of games at once a lot of the time and you know on other sports so i'll have a hockey game on here a basketball game on here and oftentimes I've got them all on mute and I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm enjoying them. But this, 
essential. Never press that mute button in the XFL ever. No, and you you put the mute button on everybody else around you. Like, you know, you want to hear what's happening. You want to hear it over and over again. I've gone back and watched every single game that I, I attended three games and I had to watch a few games on my phone because I was at another game. And every single one of those I've rewatched to get the access that I didn't get to when I was at the, the field. When I was in the uh, press box for the last LA Wildcats game, I had the feed of the game in my ear because I wanted to hear what the interviews were, what the access was, because it was probably one of the better parts, Alan. Um, short of saying everything was my favorite part of the XFL because that's just a cop-out. I will say that my favorite thing about the XFL so far was just getting to be a part of it in some way, shape, or form. And I'm not just talking about me here as a podcaster, someone who was in this uh, same studio for the last two, two-plus years, uh, gearing up to kick off and then through the season. But I mean, just as a fan, like think about it as a fan, the access that you got, the the they listened. They really did listen. I know people are going to think that's cheesy or, or whatever you want to call it, but the XFL cared. You know, they, they wanted fans to go to an experience, not just a game. That's why those microphones are there. Those microphones aren't there for, for mm-hmm. ESPN or for ABC. It's for fans to have some entertainment, some enjoyment, not just football. You know, you talk about these three-hour um, pregame tailgates that the Wildcats put together. You know, that the Battlehawks, they were there. What time did we get there, Alan? We got there 8 o'clock, I think, for a 2 p.m. kickoff. Yeah. There's already people that beat us there. There's people yeah. that beat us there. Boy, oh, way ahead of us. They were all set up. They were and three sheets to the wind. Living it. Living it with the return (laughs) of football to St. Louis. So I think being a part of it is in many aspects, but for anybody listening who maybe didn't get the access that we did, you were still a fan of this, and and to be a part of that as a fan I think was a lot of fun. And it's going to be back, and that's the most important thing we got to take away from uh, this episode, Brian, and let everyone know is that the XFL – I'm telling you, the excitement is there with the fans and the people who have been presenting you the XFL. They enjoyed it as much as you enjoyed watching it. So from Vince McMahon to Oliver Luck and everybody who's working at the league that Brian and I have the privilege of all the corporate people working with that we call corporate people that we get to work with. They are awesome people (laughs) and they are so bummed, obviously, that we have to put a stop to the season as everybody is uh, with what's going on. But I mean, the work that, that was put in to start the league, it's exponentially going to grow in and, and people are going to grind out harder to make sure that this returns in full force and is going to be even better, which is going to be tough to do because it was awesome for these five weeks. And uh, we're going to, of course, keep you posted on everything going on with the XFL still right here on this is the XFL show because uh, that's what we do here. We did it for two years before the league even kicked off, and we're going to do it un- until the wheels fall off, and that's not anytime soon. So uh, stay, stay tuned with us, and thank you for subscribing to the show. Thank you for watching on XFL.com, XFL YouTube, wherever you get this program. We appreciate you, and we I'm hope I'm sorry, that- Alan. Did we, did we switch roles? You just totally took my gimmick. I know, that but I wanted, I wanted to speak from my heart. <laughs> Because I want, I have. You didn't one. Even say anything at my wedding, and you're saying this on the show that that hurts. That hurts well, me I, at least. Was I supposed to talk at your wedding or what? what I mean, you what? could have. Oh, I could have offered. I'm not good at talking <laughs> to people. Oh it's yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> it's not what you do well at all. No, uh, like Alan alluded to, I will I say just, this. Thank stay you. Stay safe, everybody, and healthy. And please wash your hands and 
Wash your hands for the love of football. Yes, Come on. The, oh, uh, it is. Seriously, for the love of football, wash your hands. Because I want to see you all hands. in D.C. clean, healthy, and putting beer snakes together again. I want to see you all in St. Louis cacaoing. I want to see everybody healthy and happy. So we know this is a crazy time. So please be safe. And, yes, for the love of football, let's get through it so we can get back to some XFL football. I will just second Alan's thoughts on thank you. Uh, for everything, for all the listeners, every single one of you that's that's helped this show maintain its its I don't know noticeability, whatever you call it. It was a lot of fun uh, hearing back from all of you. We're going to be on Twitter forever at XFL Show, so follow us there. Give us your comments. Uh, the XFL fan line seven two four five six five four XFL. Go ahead, Alan. I, you got something? I was just going to say we are forever for until the heat death of the universe. At XFL show, and the only line I know, and talk and listen to XFL. I think Alan will be back next Tuesday for sure, at least right Tuesday and Thursday, at least for the foreseeable future. Yep, on you know, unless things change schedule wise, we'll let everyone know. But our plan is to keep on doing shows. uh, If that, if you know, with the new, well, with everything that's happening, if we have to adjust a schedule or two here, if we have to change things up, we're going to let you know. Uh, It's easy to communicate with you. These days in the 21st century, that's the great thing about it, even though we've got primitive, you know, viruses upsetting our daily lives. We do have the technology to stay in communication and to keep doing fun shows like this. So we'll let you know what's going on, but we definitely are going to be talking XFL with you. So make sure you follow us at XFL show. And subscribe and listen to us to hear our show every single Tuesday morning, Thursday night on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your preferred podcast app. Also, XFL.com or YouTube.com slash XFL, the official YouTube page of the XFL. And that does it. That was episode 121. We'll see you for 122. Again, please, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you again for the next show for Bryant. I'm Alan. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.